your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everyone. Welcome to this Monday afternoon episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Just want to remind everyone that today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. You can go to BuiltBar.com right now and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. But So before we do get into Pittsburgh's game, well, their win against the Washington Capitals 6-3 on Valentine's Day on Sunday, I um, do want to touch on one thing. Happy birthday to Yaramir Yager. Today, I believe, is his 49th birthday. Um, the fact that he's not 50 yet is a pretty big surprise to me. I thought he was already 50 by now, but you know he's still going strong. One of the five greatest players to ever play this game and of course a Pittsburgh Penguins legend I have said it on the Locked On Penguins Twitter account I said it on my Twitter account I've always said this um, the Penguins would not be in Pittsburgh right now if it weren't for Yager back in 1999 against the Devils if you don't believe me go watch that performance against um the New Jersey Devils in Game 6 where they were facing elimination, scored the tying goal with just minutes remaining in the third period, and then won the game in overtime. And then in Game 7, they were able to win the game thanks to Yager as well. He put the team on his back. I mean, if you just listen to the roar of the crowd when Yager steps on the ice in Game 6, I mean, just everyone loved him. Um, he, I know he is universally loved by this fan base, and when his jersey is eventually retired and that number is in the rafters, hopefully in the next couple of years, he is going to get one hell of an ovation. It's going to be something that he's probably never seen before. And honestly, I think he's going to cry when he gets it. He's not going to expect the amount of applause and cheers that he is going to get. You know, they're going to set people are going to set aside, you know, whatever happened, you know, with the Flyers in 2012 and playing with other teams just because of how much joy he brought so many diehard fans to of this franchise during the 90s. And, you know, it, it sucks that I couldn't, I wasn't hardly even alive for most of it. I mean, I, the 1999 series, I was basically one or two years old, so I don't even remember watching that. But still, happy birthday, Yaramir Yager. Here's to many more, and I can't wait to see him at the uh, Jersey retirement um, ceremony at PBG Paints Arena a few years from now, whenever he stops playing. You know, maybe, he, maybe he'll play till 60 or something. But let's get to the 2020-2021 Penguins. The Penguins get their second straight win. Yesterday, they improved to 7-5-1 and five and one on the season. They're tied for... Third in the East Division. They're in fifth right now just because um, I think of regulation wins. Um, and I think just other teams just have more overtime losses, if I'm not mistaken, which you know gives them points. So the, the, the two teams in front of them have below 500 records, yet the Penguins are over 500 and they're out of a playoff spot. You know, that just goes to show you how bad the standings are, you know, with the NHL. But overall, guys, I'm going to say it. I think this was the most complete performance by the Penguins this season. Full 60 minutes. They put up a six burger on Washington. I know two of the at the end the last two were empty netters. Um defensively, they defended hard, especially in the third period. We're gonna get to that um in just a second. But I just I really liked the effort level from Pittsburgh in this game. I, I know they didn't play as well in the second period. They started out the game a little slow, but Pittsburgh took it to them right after that. And the shift that changed the game, I'm gonna say it now. It was that Aston Reese Bluger Tanev line out there for about a minute, I think, against the Ovechkin Baxter and Wilson line, and they were just hemming them in their own zone. I know they didn't get some shot attempts off, they didn't get some great scoring chances, but you're keeping the puck away from the Capitals' best players. That is huge if you want to win the game. It's just it, it takes away Capitals' offensive zone time, especially when you have, you know, the greatest goal scorer of all time out there defending in his own zone, and as well as, you know, Nicholas Baxter is one of the most underrated players I've ever seen. So that's a win in itself.
itself. You know, I saw some takes during the game, um, just really stupid takes from a couple select people um, on Penguins Twitter. I'm not going to destroy them on this podcast because that's just not who I am. You know, he, he, they're not Penguins Chronicles level bad. You know, if I if I wanted to take it to that level and, you know, actually shit on Penguins Chronicles, I would. I've done it on this podcast before, but he's really the only person on Penguins Twitter that I would actually dump on for this podcast. But anyways, you know, just saw some takes during the game. Oh my God, they're a competent fourth line. They're, they're not a good third line. It's like, if they're a competent fourth line, I would love for you guys to tell me what fourth lines are better than them because I really don't think you can find five fourth lines around the league that are actually better. I mean, maybe you can give me Colorado's, Tampa Bay's for sure. I mean, Boston's fourth line is honestly not even that good. They have a major depth concerns. It's their top six. That's awesome. You look in their division, Islanders fans will say, oh, yeah, you know, Martin, Zizekas, and Clutterbuck. Zizekas is good. The other two players, I think, are terrible. And just for other teams, like I said, guys, I mean, I think the Aston Reese blue Gratanov line, if it's a fourth line, it's one of the five best fourth lines in hockey. And as a third line, I mean, it's actually pretty serviceable right now. I think um, 404 response code, um, CK, as, he, as he's called on Penguin Twitter, um, they had played four periods uh, yesterday, you know, going into the second period. They had an 85, 86% expected goals for percentage. I mean, I know, guys, it's a small sample, but I mean, this line is on fire. And like I said, that shift in the offensive zone, that tilted the ice. It tilted the game. They scored right after that with that beautiful play with Brian Russ, Cindy Crosby, and Mike Matheson. And, oh, yeah, we are going to touch on Mike Matheson um, later on in this podcast. And then right after that goal, Brandon Tanev gets another goal for the season. I think it was 32 seconds after. Boom. Penguins take a 2-1 lead, and it's a brand-new hockey game. It's just those are the kind of shifts that the Aston Reese Bluger Tanev line can have that can just change a hockey game and why it's just such a great line. I really don't understand why that line gets so much hate. And it's just like, you know, people calling it a competent fourth line, like I said, I don't think you people have any idea what you're talking about. I mean, that's not just a competent fourth line. That is a well above average fourth line and one of the best fourth lines in hockey. But, okay, let's get to the goals that were scored. Like I said, guys, the Brian Russ one, um, beautiful pass from Sidney Crosby to get to Mike Matheson. And Matheson with a gorgeous cross-ice pass to Rust. He gets his first of the game. And Rust has been on a heater um, these last six games. I think he has points in five of those last six games. Yesterday it was a three-point game, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he's he's on a – basically he's basically a, still a point-per-game player. I don't think – Anyone had him being a point-per-game player again this season after he was last season. He also led the team with goals last season with 27. He's not going to get there, I don't think, this season. But still, I mean, he's been a rock. I know he had a little bit of a slow start, but ever since those first couple games in Philadelphia, he's been one of their best players. And when he's been elevated to the Sidney Crosby line, that line with Gensel and Crosby, one of the best first lines in hockey, it's like every time they step onto the ice, they are contributing to scoring chances and getting a high-danger chance. It's just... That is how good that line is right now. Sidney Crosby is doing Sidney Crosby things. I mean, he's just flat out dominant right now. And, you know, it's awesome to see a player like Russ take advantage of that. Like I said, he's been really hot. Um, He also got his second goal of the game yesterday on the power play. We're going to touch on the power play in the second segment. But I did want to take some time and talk about Mike Matheson. Um, That's now his second consecutive good game. Um, I, I know it was a bit of a small sample size when we were all shitting on him. Before he got hurt. And yeah, you know, I was one of those guys. You know, I didn't really think he had a place in the lineup, especially with P.O. Joseph coming in. Um, just showing how extraordinary he is, though. He has come down a bit these last couple of games. And if Matheson can keep playing like this, there is going to be some really interesting decisions once this blue line gets healthy. We all know Dumoulin and Latang are going to be together once Dumoulin comes back. Then you have Pedersen is going to come back. He's going to be in the lineup. John Marino is going to be in the lineup. You have those four. And then you have a bunch of players uh, competing for two roster spots. I would assume 
that one of Cody CC or Chad Ruedel will get one of them. Um, we'll get to Cody CC later. Um, I think Chad, it, 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 it's just really close with those two. And then you have Mike Matheson and P.O. Joseph. I'm an advocate that I would keep P.O. Joseph in the lineup and maybe scratch Matheson. But if Matheson's going to keep playing like this after these last couple games against the Islanders and the Capitals, I think you may have to keep him in. I, I just, it, I don't envy Mike Sullivan. It's a great problem to have. Don't get me wrong. And I do see one of these defensemen overall getting traded for a forward. You know, a lot of people have been pointing to Pedersen as that guy. I personally wouldn't do it. I would rather them get Matheson's contract off the books. But, you know, this is, we still need to see more of a sample size for Matheson to truly see what the Penguins have here. I think that's the big thing. He's going to get more playing time. He deserves it out of these first couple games. And, you know, there's a couple of people saying, you know, he's a forward. Look how he jumped into that play. I think King Clarkie was one of them. Yes, you know, he definitely looked like a forward on that play. We all know um, his defensive play in his own zone stinks, but it's good to see him really move the puck up the ice well. I've had that awesome pass to Rust, and he's just, his skating has just been much better, I would say, these last couple of games. So good to see Mike Matheson play well. And I also thought John Marino was great sticking to the defense. Um, Struggled a little bit at times during the game, but as the game went on, I thought he got better and better. Um, He's looking more and more like the rookie John Marino that we saw from last season. Uh, Chris Letang, I think it was a better performance from him. I know he got burned bad by Ovechkin in the game's opening minute or something like that. But as the game went on as well, I thought he looked more and more like the Latane that we've seen from the past, you know, five to eight years than the one that we've seen this year. Has Chris Latang lost a step? Absolutely. I mean, I even said during um, the game on Thursday, I have simped for Chris Latang for his entire career. You know, I, I also I saw this great take um, from. Chad, who does the uh, Around the 412 podcast uh, with Eddie. Um, I think they just had Steve Mears on the podcast, so go check that out. They do a great job. Saw this great take from him when he basically said, you know, it, it sucks that Latang has gotten worse now because all the people that shat on him in the past when he was great, they now are like, oh yeah, you know, I told you so. I told you he stunk. I told you he was terrible. I told you he stunk in the defensive zone. And it's just like, People just love being right more than anything in the world. It's actually kind of pathetic at this point. Um, but Chris Letang, um, I said it also yesterday, he's the best uh, defenseman in this franchise's history. Well, franchise defenseman in this franchise's history. I know Paul Coffey obviously was great and one of the best to ever do it. But in terms of franchise defenseman for this team, it's Chris Letang and everyone else. But still, really good performance from Letang yesterday. And I think it was it was a step in the right direction for him. You know, can't say the same about Evgeny Malkin. It looked like he's finally turning the corner. He's putting together a good performance. And then it's like, nope, you know, just basically loses track of Nicholas Backstrom. He basically has him all locked up. And then the Backstrom still is able to outmuscle him and get that puck. Bashjari, um, pretty pathetic defensive effort there from Malkin. I mean, he still needs to be a lot better in that area and just in the offensive zone um, as well. You know, we, we've seen glimpses of him fully coming out of it. He just, he hasn't done it all yet. So we'll see if we can do that next game on Tuesday against the Capitals. But so a lot more to get to with this performance. So we still have to talk about Brandon Tanev, Cody CC, power play. Look for that coming up in the next segment. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So we got two huge things also from this game. One, the Penguins scored a power play goal their first in eight games. I believe that broke a 0 for 21 skid. Uh, pretty embarrassing for with a team with this much talent that they can throw out on their five on four man advantage. And we got their first multi goal lead of the season. It took 13 freaking games for the Penguins to get a multi goal lead. They finally got it. I, I, you probably will never hear something like that again that happens in the Sydney Crosby of getting Malkin era. They, that, that just will not happen again in any one of their seasons. It just, it, it was. Just 
just that much of a fluke, I think. But um, they were able to get it. You know, I know the Capitals were able to kind of storm back and make it 4-3. But um, in the third period, they were able to hold that lead. And then they not only made it a two-goal lead with the empty net goal, but they made it a three-goal lead. It was their first three-goal lead of the season when Sidney Crosby basically scored an empty goal on his knees after he was hooked by, um, I'm trying to remember, I think it was Jacob Vrana that hooked him down. Um, it was going to be a power play to the Penguins anyway. I saw the ref put his hand up. So um, Penguins were able to win that game 6-3, thanks to those two empty net goals. And they had the first multi-goal lead. Like I said, guys, you love to see it. And then for the power play, um, it, it looked like they were going to break out after that first power play, and I'll tell you why. Um, just the puck movement on that power play, I think it was in the first period or something like that, flawless. They were actually getting scoring chances, putting pucks on net, getting into the high danger areas of the ice. Vanacek made some nice saves. And, you know, the puck, they weren't making stupid passes with a the puck. They weren't trying to force it. You know, they're just, they're making these two to three passes, boom, puck on net, looking for a rebound. Then the cycle will repeat itself. You know, Jesse Marshall wrote about that a lot in his piece for The Athletic last week about how the great power plays just need a few passes to get a good scoring chance. That is what I saw yesterday when I watched that first unit. They weren't passing the puck five to six to seven times and then getting scoring chances from like the perimeter of the ice. They were actually getting chances from the slot, getting chances from the front of the net, and it finally paid off as Latang had that beautiful um, pass to Brian Russ, who's at the left side of the net, fires it past Banachek, who just didn't see it coming, and he got his second goal of the game to make it 3-2 Pittsburgh in the second period. Like I said, guys, that's a break. It's an eight-game skid for the Penguins without a power play goal, over 21 skid overall. And, you know, if they can keep getting power plays like that through the rest of the season— a lot of things are just going to fall into place, I think is the best way to say it. I mean, if they were getting 9-10 goaltending through the first 13 games, they'd be in second place right now. I, full, I fully believe that. We did see some glimpses from Jari in the third period yesterday that he can maybe get back to last year's form. I know I shat on him in the first two periods. I still think they do need a veteran goaltender to back him up. I just, I think the tandem of DeSmith and Jari, it's just... I, I don't know. I, I, from what I've seen so far, I just don't trust it enough. Um, and from what I read from Josh Yoey, it, it sounded like they were going to start to Smith in this game if he hadn't gotten sick just because of how well he played against the Islanders. That's just how little faith they, the organization has in Tristan Jari right now. But, you know, you saw that third period. They, they had that one goal lead going into it, 20 minutes left, see what they can do. Lockdown defense from the Penguins. That's exactly how they won those back-to-back -back Stanley Cups. When they got that lead going into the third period, they were always money under Mike Sullivan during 2015-16 and 2016-17. They almost never lost a game. And the thing was, with this third period, guys, they didn't just like turtle like some other teams did and put up like two shots on net or something like that. Penguins, if I'm not mistaken, had 17 shots in that period, almost 20. It might have been 20, actually, but I think it was at least 17. They're actually controlling the pace of play and not letting the Capitals get a lot of prime scoring chances um, during those final 20 minutes. I think Jari, he still had a couple really great saves, that just some timely saves that he has not made this year. And with three minutes to go, the Capitals were still pressuring a bit. I even tweeted this out. You know, this is a fairly large three minutes for this goaltender this season. Um, if he wants to remain the number one, he passed that test. I think he'll get the start next game. That was just a huge period for Jari's confidence because if he gave up a goal there, you know, they'd probably lose the game in overtime just because of how he's been playing this year and I didn't like a couple of the goals that he gave up in the game but you know when this team needed a timely save in that third period and even during the second period when Gensel made it four to two um he got it. You know, that that was the big thing. I'm not going to blame that third goal on Jari. You know, that's just a terrible play by Malkin. The first two, though, I think he definitely could have been a little bit better. And speaking of Jake Gensel, great to see him get back on the scoreboard again. I mean, he's been heating up a bit these last few games. 
He now has five goals, 12 points on the season in 13 games. So he's basically averaging a point per game at this point. And he has two up. Uh, Two goals in his last three games. Honestly, three goals in his last five games. So it's been really nice to see Gensel get back to scoring at 5v5, where he just was not at the beginning of the season. As for some other players that I said, I'd talk about Brandon Tanev. I'm not going to shit on that contract anymore. Um, he's been out outstanding to start the year. Had that awesome goal where he just tucked it past Vanacek uh, off of the rebound. That was the one that made it 2-1 30 seconds after Rust um, scored. And then, you know, let's just let's get to Cody CC, guys. Um, I'm going to say it right now. Through 13 games, I have been dead wrong on Cody Cece, as I have a lot of others. The only person I think was right about Cody Cece was uh, Jeff, one of my best friends of Penguins Twitter. You can follow him on Twitter, at Latang Colt, has some great Penguins memes and all that. He told me from the beginning, he was like, you know what, Hunter? He's going to be a good third-pairing serviceable defenseman, and he may be able to slide into a top-four role at some point. Um, for the most part, he's been pretty right so far. I mean, Cece's underlying numbers this year have been pretty damn good. If you look at his 5v5 numbers, uh, he's on been on the ice for 158 chances for, 139 chances against. His goals for, 7 to 5 goals against. His goals for percentage, guys, 58.3% in a 10-game sample. His highest before that, you have to go back to 2015-16 with Ottawa when it was 52%. Um, more some more scoring chances for, 80 scoring chances against, 72 is scoring chances for percentage, 52.6%. That is also a career high. He's also in the plus category for high danger chances for 28 to 27 um he is just he's been a rock and that's honestly i think the best way to describe it i was just in awe of watching cc on the ice yesterday even if you don't even look at his numbers the way he was able to just corral the puck in the defensive zone make the read every time whether it's along the right hand boards the left side boards just was able to get the puck out get it to a forward or at times even just carry the puck out by himself he was just making every right read with the puck and it's like where has this Cody Cece been throughout his entire career? Because I sure as hell didn't see it in Ottawa, and I sure as hell didn't see it in Toronto last year. So what a revelation this has been. Um, he's making very cheap money on a one-year deal. It looks like Jim Rutherford um, has nailed this signing so far. And at this point, everyone, I'm about 70% sure that he's going to stay in the lineup over Chad Ruido when the defense is healthy. I was not that high on him about a week or two ago. I was on the full-on Chad Ruido train. I still... I'm trying to cling on to it, but the more CC plays, the more he impresses me. I think you're going to have to play him. Um, if the playoffs were to start today and the Penguins were in it, um, what I would do for the defense, Dumoulin and the Tang, I'd go P.O. Joseph, Don Marino, and I would go um, Ruedel and um, CC for that bottom pairing. I know Matheson has played well the last couple games, but from the sample sizes that we've seen from all the defensemen this year, I would definitely have Cody CC in my top six. He's just been that good. And even from last night's game, via natural stat trick, plus 3% puck possession relative to the team, and plus 27% expected goals percentage relative to the team. He has just been on fire um, through 10 games with his sample size, and he's not coming out of the lineup anytime soon. This is, you know, just fasten your seatbelts, baby. We're, we're going for a ride with Cody Cece. I think that's the best way to describe it. And before we do get to the next segment, which will will be the listener takeaways, I always love doing that with you guys to get you make you guys a part of the show. Um, Zach Ashton Reese, again, that's his second consecutive game with a goal, two goals in two games since his return. Um, I'm going to keep saying it, everyone. One of the most underappreciated players on this team, the most underrated player on this team, if we're being honest, just he makes that line with Teddy Bluger and Brandon Tanev go. So I'm excited to see how that line does in the future. But before we do get to the listener takeaways, 
time to talk about a couple of things, one of them being Bill Barter's 18 Amazing Flavors, 6 New Flavors, Caramel Brownie, Cookies and Cream, Carrot Cake, 12 Originals, Raspberry, German Chocolate, Peanut Butter, Banana Bread. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. One of my favorite flavors is Silver Cookies and Cream, 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs. You can go to BuiltBar.com right now and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. We also cannot forget about Bet Online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. It even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. You can get real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. It has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up for. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts with the promo code locked on all right guys welcome back to this episode of the locked on penguins podcast i'm your host hunter hodes follow me on twitter at hunter hodes follow the show's twitter at lo underscore penguins so as always i appreciate every single one of you sending in your takeaways from each penguins game i'm going to keep doing them after every game you know up, up until the season ends. So let's just get right into it. Mr. Nerdall says, I hate to pick on Gino and Latang, but they are becoming our weak leaks. Good win that we needed bad. First line was on fire. Second line hits a facelift. Not much going on for them. Third and fourth lines were good as expected. Defense better than it's been. Four and five good games. Um, I definitely will agree with you with Gino, man. Um, he was definitely a weak leak again, weak link again, excuse me. Well, just when you think he's fully breaking out of it, he just goes back and does something stupid. Latang, I'm gonna have to disagree with you a little bit there. I thought at the start, you know, he was definitely a weak league for the team. But as the game went on, I thought he settled in and played a much better game for Pittsburgh. And also, man, yeah, you nailed it. This was a gigantic win for the hockey team. They're going to be seeing a lot of Washington and New York. Of course, that's the Islanders, uh, excuse me, um, over these next few weeks. I mean, these are the only two teams that they're going to be seeing um, for the month of February. And this could be the, the, the time where the playoff spot is won or lost. I mean, you have to win these games in regulation. They are tied with both of these teams right now in the standings for third in the East. The Penguins are on the outside looking in because they don't have as many um, regulation wins. But, you know, if you want to fully get a playoff spot, you have to win most of these games. You have the Islanders coming up later this week at home. You have Pitts, You have the, Pittsburgh. You have Washington at home on Tuesday. Excuse me, I just cannot talk. I have a case of the Mondays today, guys. Um, so you're just, you're going to have to keep winning these games in regulation. Um, third line, I agree with you, man. That was great. The defense was better than it's been. Um, the fourth line, though, I just, I, I hate the Penguins' fourth line currently, everyone. I just, when this team is fully healthy and if they're getting 9, 10 goal tanking and average special teams, um, there's only a couple of things that Ron Hextall is going to have to do. One, go out and get a veteran backup. Two, um, replace two thirds of that fourth line when Jared McCann comes back. He can't be playing next to, Sam Lafferty and Mark Jankowski. I mean, Mark Jankowski has some of the worst underlying numbers on the team. I think his expected goals for percentage is like 42% or something like that. And then um, Colton Sevier, he just hasn't done anything since, you know, one of the first few games of the season. So they need to go out and get a depth forward to at the trade deadline um, if, if they're serious about winning um, a Stanley Cup this year. Alan Teoder says, best game so far. Nice to see them win by more than one in regulation. About time for special teams to start clicking. Jari played well, as did the first and third lines. Now I'm starting to feel so much better about this team. He also had that amazing meme. The Penguins learned how to score again. Uh-oh, that's from the uh, Happy Gilmore when he said, happy learned how to putt. Um, I agree with you basically with everything, Alan. It was nice to see them get their second regulation win of the season through 13 games. Um, special teams. Yeah, even the penalty kill. And I've shot on the penalty kill 
quite a bit, you know, through the, these first few weeks of the season. But I will give Mike Vellucci and them credit. They looked better yesterday after their uh, Washington's, I think, first or second power play. Through the rest of the game, they were more aggressive. And they started getting a lot more pucks out of the zone than they originally were doing. Yep, Jari played well, especially in the third period. You know, the first and third lines, I agree, man. The second and fourth lines, though, they just got to do something at this point. Um, Gilbert the Goat says the Capitals will always be Pittsburgh's little sister. You know, I honestly look at it, man, as like a big brother, little brother thing. It's almost like I've compared the Penguins-Capitals rivalries to the Steelers Bengals one. It's just because, you know, big brother usually wins, but sometimes you got to have little brother win once in a while. He says the first line was amazing today, as well as the third line, the power play and penalty kill looked a lot better. And while we finally got a two goal lead, Jari looked shaky, but got better as the game went on. Yep, 100% agree with that. You know, I'm glad that we're on the same page. He also adds, I never thought I'd say this, but Mike Matheson and Cody Cece played great. If Matheson keeps playing like this, what does this mean for P.O. Joseph once New Moon and Pedersen come back? I'd still rather have P.O. Joseph in the lineup personally. Yeah, man, and like I responded to you on Twitter, it's a great problem to have. Um, I think you probably will see P.O. Joseph in the lineup once everyone's healthy, but, you know, I don't know what goes through Mike Sullivan's mind. I could easily see him playing Matheson and CeCe on that third pairing and, you know, maybe having CeCe just kind of try to carry the pairing. But um, if Matheson continues the way he's playing right now, um, he's, he's not going to come out of the lineup. So there's going to be some interesting decisions. Are you going to scratch Marcus Pedersen? Probably not with the contract that they gave him, though it is a new um, front office in there. So it's going to be interesting to see the dynamic with that. Um We'll get to a few more here before we call it um, for today. Thomas Nevitt says, I didn't have my full attention on the game as I was racing virtually, but we had a good game. Hopefully this is the start of a good run. In honor of this win, I wrote a poem for you. So this is this is fun. I did really appreciate this, Thomas, so thank you. Pittsburgh wear yellow, Washington wears white, Tuno the Hextall era, and we didn't play shite. That is absolutely awesome. Thank you, Thomas, for that poem. I almost said shit there, which wouldn't have made it rhyme, but I'm glad that my kindergarten reading senses... Um, came in just in time and said shite instead. Um, a few more. Alex Stevens says, another solid game by CC and Matheson. Nice to see our power play starting to improve too. Yeah, man, you know, I know everyone's talking about CC and Matheson, but the power play, you know, if it can just be average, it, this team is going to go places. A lot of some of the other stuff will correct themselves. You know, ho- hopefully the goaltending will, and if they can continue to get good contributions from the first and third lines and hopefully the second line um, and maybe make some additions to the fourth line. Um, this team is going to be a serious Stanley Cup contender. Fiona says, odd calls, especially on the Rubidoux call, but overall, great game. Ashton Reese, two goals, two games, and overall, great game for most of them, especially in the third. Yeah, there were some weird officiating calls yesterday. I remember, I think it was in during the first period, they called an icing on the Penguins, but yet Vanacek played the puck. So I was like, um, are we just not going to call icing? And, you know, another thing with NHL officiating that I've noticed this season as well, and honestly, I've been noticing this for like the past decade, they'll call every little stick infraction with like a slash, but, oh, if, if you cross check someone in the back and you kind of headshot them, oh, open season, they, they don't care. It's just, NHL officiating is just really inconsistent with those kind of calls. And it honestly has kind of been pissing me off for a while. It's just because why would you openly call slashing every time it happens, but yet you ignore cross checking, which is kind of worse than slashing. So I just had to point that out. Um, there's one more comment here from SNZZZ. Finally, the puck movement is there, working the puck and not giving up passes a little in the first, but they fixed it up quick and Malkin looked nice shooting the puck and any advantage he had. Most aggressive he has played and can't forget Brandon Tanev, who is a monster. Yeah, Brandon Tanev, uh, I can't say enough great things about him. Like I said, everyone, do not give a flying crap right now about that contract. He's just outplaying it and then some. And yeah, the puck movement was great, especially on the power play. Malkin, yep, he was shooting on the power play. He wasn't forcing a pass that wasn't there like we've seen 
from him on the power play the last seven, eight games. And it was just, it's a better functioning power play when the, the passing is crisp, they're getting it to the high danger areas, and they're just getting pucks on net and crashing the net. That is how the Penguins are, if they're going to have a successful power play, that's what has to happen. But I really, really appreciate you guys sending these in. Oh, I did miss one from Penn67. Solid effort finally seemed like the more work Jari got, the better he was. Yeah, honestly, I, I can agree with that, man. Yeah, I mean, just especially in the third period, he was facing a lot more shots. You know, he just, he looked more comfortable standing tall in his net and making the timely saves that they needed. But again, everyone, I really appreciate you guys uh, sending in these listener feedbacks. And I can't wait for you all to send in more as the season goes on. But the Penguins will be back in action tomorrow night against the Washington Capitals. We'll have an episode after that game and recap it all for you all. So uh, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. And I will talk to you all on Tuesday evening.